Hello, everybody. I'm Andrew. Hello, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts podcast. I'm going to go in and try and solve ARGs, and Marn is going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. I'm the puzzle master. What's our puzzle this week, Marn? This week, we are going to be talking about Frog Fractions 2, which was created by Twin Beard Studios, otherwise known as Justin Bortnick and Jim Cummings, and also some other people who got involved who I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. So I feel like we should start off this week with some uh, follow-up. First of all, I wanted to thank everyone for your enthusiastic support. Uh, It's crazy that so many of you are super on board, even though we've had one episode. Yeah, it's it's been really cool hearing a lot of Twitter response and email responses and stuff to one episode about an ARG that I couldn't even solve. So (laughs) it's been really nice to hear that kind of support. Yeah, it's wild. Um, Thank you to everyone on Reddit who was very enthusiastic uh, when I posted the links on a bunch of different like ARG subreddits. Uh, Thank you to Argnet for boosting us. Um, and you sure everyone... it's not ARGnet? I don't know. Argnet flows so much better. <laughs> Thank you for everyone that voted in our poll about how you actually say ARG. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll try and stick to it this time, but no promises. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, and also thank you to, uh, the Game Detectives subreddit and wiki and the people who run the Game Detectives website. Uh, as I said on Twitter, everyone who runs, like, ARG wikis is the true MVPs because you guys are so good at logging your stuff, um, and your Frog Fractions pages are going to form the basis of most of this episode because (laughs) it was the only place where I could find like the nitty gritty details of the Frog Fractions 2 ARG all in one place. Well, you'll also have me because I solved the game. I figured it all out. So uh-huh. I'll tell you what happened. And, and okay. Okay. Um, no, we also we had um, a lot of great responses and emails to our um, This Is My Milwaukee episode. Um, we got a really good email and I kind of wanted to talk to you about some yeah. of the stuff in it, Marn. Yes, totally. Uh, I'll go ahead and read a part of this email. Um, It's from a listener named Laura, a friend of the show. Uh, Thank you for writing in and uh, giving us some really good insight. Laura says, "Uh, I really loved hearing things being pieced together from the fragments that still remain online. It's funny what gets saved and what disappears forever. From the player perspective, uh, This Is My Milwaukee was a bit of an odd one. It was pretty clear that it wasn't really designed to be an ARG per se. It came across as more of a, hey, let's mess around on the internet and see what happens project from some people with strong video production skills. I think they were quite surprised with the, when the unfiction community showed up, and I assume that's why there weren't really any puzzles or anything, and why it wasn't really a surprise when it petered out. Although it was, of course, disappointing when there were no conclusion. Uh, they were definitely making a lot up as they went along, rather than sticking to some carefully constructed larger narrative arc and player journey. For what it's worth, I still wish Mars and Lips a happy birthday on Facebook every year. Also, a note of interest, in the end, the game makers themselves were the ones to create a fake account and post the cafe gratitude code on Unfiction. That was a huge no-no when it came to player expectations of the barriers between what's in-game and out-of-game. There was a bit of fuss about it at the time, and the creators revealed through the... Uh, 
and the creators revealed through their actions with other projects that they didn't quite grasp the ethical boundaries that are an emergent part of ARG play and design. Listening to your podcast and thinking about how so much of that community culture and understanding of social mores has been lost to bits and bytes on the internet was very interesting, and I look forward to reflecting on it more. So yeah, I I didn't know about that uh, when I was yeah I I kind of joked about it in our episode and said that I you know I bet they just posted it and said <laughs> oh I found it but what do you think about that I I I'm not really as steeped into ARG culture as uh, I think you and a lot of our listeners would be um, I'm <laughs> coming into this as someone that is interested in ARGs but doesn't really have much experience outside of the very few that I've participated in. What do you think about like the ethical separation between the players and the designers? I I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would particularly call it ethical for. Uh, well, I think it's a death of the author thing. Is I think is what it is. But <laughs> it's like you're trying to erase the author from the experience as they are creating it for you, which is kind of a weird boundary to create. I do remember when I, like, back in 2008 and probably up until um, they weren't a thing anymore, uh, there was a, yeah, it was a huge no-no on Unforum to, um, if you were someone running an ARG, you couldn't post uh, anything about your own ARG. Uh, You couldn't nudge the players along. You couldn't give hints. And you couldn't post... uh, like a link to your ARG if no one had discovered it yet, um, you would get huh. in big trouble. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I know that uh, when we talked about This Is My Milwaukee, you mentioned that it was hard to track down when it was first yeah. noticed because there was a lot of like, there just was never a clear entry point. Um, yeah. There was a clear uh, trailhead, which is a term that I learned this week through the the website and the the video on it, but there wasn't ever a... You didn't see an initial like, hey, look at this video post. It's weird to me that you wouldn't be allowed to post it there. Um, Yeah, it was a little strange. And kind of the, the way people got around it was uh, if they had an account on the unforums, you could basically get to everyone's email address. So they would just like send an in-character email to a bunch of like the big people on the unforums just like by going into their forum profiles and you know, looking up their email address or like their AIM. But yeah, I remember it was, uh, it was like a big thing that you couldn't do that. And if you were playing a game, you couldn't acknowledge that it was a game or that someone was like running it behind the scenes. Really? That's interesting to me that, so my experience with gaming for the most part is, um, you know, in more of the traditional tabletop realm and, um, you know, and in, you know, video games and stuff like that, where like, on one hand, it'd be weird to like pretend, oh, there, you know, I'm not playing Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah. This is an actual existing thing called Final Fantasy, uh, and Nintendo doesn't exist. I know that's not a perfect metaphor, but it's it's interesting looking at how you want to separate the work from its fictional self and just see it as its own reality. Yeah, um, they were very strict about setting like hard boundaries. Like, if you were in a group chat with a character from an ARG, you could not acknowledge that it was a game, or like someone would. D- I know because this happened to me once. Like, someone would DM you and be like, "Hey, you're not supposed to do that." Like, all of the meta talk had to go on the forum. Huh. But nowadays, I'm. I actually have written some stuff about this, just like in 
preparation to, I don't know, maybe one day write something academic about it. But um, nowadays it's like super different, uh, which I'm really interested in. Like if you go on the ARG uh, subreddit, it's a bunch of people being like, hey, I made this cool like ARG or puzzle hunt. Does anybody want to try and solve it? Or like, is anybody interested in like the plot of this ARG that I'm thinking about? Um, and, uh, a lot of ARG creators, uh, who are in, like, the game detective community, they will hop into, like, the Discord and do AMAs, or they'll do it on the Reddit, um, and, or they'll be like, hey, I'm the person who GM'd this other ARG that a bunch of people liked, and now I'm trying to drum up interest for this new game that I'm running, and they kind of like rely on, oh, I ran this other thing that everyone liked instead of like gotcha. anonymously would, would, sending emails. Would, would you have been able to do something like this back in the day on Unfiction? No. <laughs> See, I just, I don't know. It's easy to sit on the outside and kind of cast stones within 10 years into the future. But it's interesting to me because liking ARGs and being interested in this kind of trans fiction is such an odd outsider thing that it feels weird that it's so almost exclusionary um i i don't know i i know that there's a lot of um in looking at game design circles nowadays there's a lot of shared information and a lot of um shared communities even through twitter and stuff like that so um and even I know that there have been times where I've messaged you or other people I've known from ARGs and I said, hey, I have an idea for this cipher. Uh, it's really weird. Check this out. Um, sometimes it's a like, hey, can you solve this? Um, yeah. Other times it's just a, I have an idea. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe there's some secret hidden forum, which is like the <laughs> un unfiction forums, which is where people like talked about game design and stuff like that but it's weird that they didn't have a place that was um i don't know a, a meta place i know that on the fi on the forums you got to do your own uh solving puzzles and talking about puzzles as puzzles but the divide's interesting to me yeah it is it is pretty interesting um and it is also interesting that they would kind of acknowledge the corporate ARGs as like oh this is viral marketing for this thing um, but not so much with like the indie ARGs. They would want that immersion. Um, and I don't know. I think it's different these days. I think the approach to ARGs is like you said, a little more like people approach tabletop gaming where they're like, oh yeah, there's a GM and they're working very hard to put all of these puzzles out for us. So I know that part of what shapes it for me is that my intro to ARGs was through the John Dies at the End I guess, series of ARGs, I guess we can go with it, or the David yeah. Wong series, whatever you want to call it. Where it was started, I got into it with the one for his second book called This Book is Full of Spiders. Mm -hmm. um, the ARG for that game was done through IRC chat rooms. I think we created a wiki, but that was more of a place to dump information than it was to chat about stuff. Yeah, you guys have um, a wiki. I've read the wiki. But it was, uh, I know that, you know, you, you know that there's a game going on, and it was advertised as... A game i think i'm pretty sure it was because i saw it when uh i think david wong or someone involved uh first posted it on like the cracked forums and was like hey this arg is happening and i was like oh sweet and then i forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually i remember this because it was he made that post and then within that post there was a picture that led to the wally's video website and from there we're off to the races um 
Yeah, I remember that. In that game, we knew that, you know, someone behind the scenes is doing this. There were rumors. Maybe it's someone at Cracked. Maybe it's someone, you know, from the publishing company. Maybe it's an outside ad firm that the publishers got together and did it for. It seems like a lot of work to do for a small indie book release. This is a little odd, but whatever. Um, And in the end, it kind of came out that, you know, one of the people that had been in the chat was behind it all the whole time. Uh, which is really big and mind-blowing. I think people figured it out near the end, but for the most part, a lot of people were stunned. But then when we came back for the next book, which I think is when you joined for yes, futuristic I, suits and fancy violence. Yeah, I, I joined for the, the Blink Network ARG, which was futuristic yeah. violence and fancy suits. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, when that one started, all of the people that came back, we all kind of knew this is probably the same guy. Danger was the guy's username in the IRC channel. Danger dude. Yeah. I know that we would refer to him out of game as Danger sometimes. Um Yeah, that was that was bizarre to me. That was the first ARG that I'd ever played where that was a thing. You know, we'd become friends with him in the chat in the game before, and then he kind of betrayed us, you know, in big air quotes with the end of the first game, but by the time that we were ready to start the next game, we, you know, we liked him. We'd kept in touch a lot of the ways from Twitter or through Facebook. And I think the IRC chat from the game kept going for a couple months after the game wrapped up itself. So um, it was kind of like, hey, we're all friends together. And we know that danger's out there watching over us somewhere. It was an interesting feeling. Yeah, that was so that was my first ARG where the like fourth wall didn't really exist. And, like, being able to be in, in like, after-hours Skype chats with, like, the GM who would, like, give us hints yeah. and stuff was insane to me. Yeah, I think, honestly, I ended up liking that part more than I liked the game itself. Not, that sounds mean to him. Uh, I enjoyed the, I, I liked the camaraderie and the friendship more than I liked the, the, the actual game. Because I'm not good at the game. I'm okay at being friends. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, uh... I I mean mood. So so for me that that separation's never really been a thing cuz it it feels like when like uh well there was we even had a kind of a meme that went through our chat of see you next book which started as yeah he accidentally dropped his email address in the main chat instead of a side <laughs> chat because he was messaging it to someone for a thing and dropped his email address and his the email address was basically you know, me at cracked.com. Like, we all knew who he was and what his cracked username was before, so it wasn't a big deal. But it was very funny, and we were like, oh, there goes the game. Like, spoiled it. There <laughs> goes danger. See y'all next book. Like, it's interesting learning now that that is a no-no in a lot of places. Yeah, I think I kind of like it better when they're, when you kind of know who's running it and it's not very and it's not people aren't very strict about like keeping the meta and the game separate i know that might be controversial to say (laughs) but like i did really like the camaraderie of like having the gm snapchat and like getting like cheeky little videos of stuff that he was working on for the game because i i find behind the scenes stuff really Mm -hmm. interesting i'm i'm honestly more interested in designing games than i am in playing them sometimes um and so there was a lot of times when we would be trying to solve a puzzle and my thought process for why i didn't think something would work was less of a logic to reasoned answer and more of a that doesn't feel like it would make for a very good game um and that hit me in the ass sometimes because what i find fun isn't what a lot of arg players (laughs) find fun 
Um, but it was, I don't know, it was interesting looking at it from a game design standpoint and understanding the guy behind it who I had messaged and said, like, did you expect us to get this through this? And he would say, you know, no, <laughs> or yeah, um, <laughs> or I'm surprised you guys found it along the way, or, you know, you guys didn't see it, but I gave you a little prodding to get there because for him it was, you know, I've got a publisher deadline. Um, you guys kind of need to solve this and get these pages this week to keep up with a production timeline. Um, there was a lot of weirdness behind the scenes, but it made for a really interesting game. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I have the same thing with humans versus zombies because I, um, so I went to school at the school that like invented humans versus zombies and I was a moderator of it for like four years and now I go back to play and I do the same thing where I kind of metagame as a player and if I'm like doing a mission and like looking at the mission specs I'll kind of be like oh they're they're like taking us here because they want us to figure out this thing and that's (laughs) the game design of this mission that they've sent us on Uh, and it's and it it goes through in every kind of game really because you get to like you play a video game you walk into a room it's a giant open space and you've got a save point and two crates of ammo next to you like I guess a boss fight's coming up. You know, there's a knowledge that you get from knowing a game that you carry into every game that you play. You know, knowledge builds on itself. You can't teach in a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, the other follow-up thing from last episode that I wanted to say was that I posted the episode on the Game Detectives Wiki and a very nice person uh, invited me to join the Bear Stearns Bravo Discord that only has like 30 active people in it. And I've been going through that for the past couple of hours since I got home from work. Uh, And it's very cool. I did not know that people were still working on it, but it's very cool to see. And I want to do a follow-up episode on Bear Stearns Bravo uh, because it turns out that there's a lot of crossover with This Is My Milwaukee that I either didn't know or forgot about. Um and they were still finding new parts of the game in the year of our lord 2017 and people are still working on it today because there's still parts that haven't been solved didn't, or found didn't this start in like 2010 or did this start immediately after this is my milwaukee so the the like fmv game launched in 2013 and the pronunciation book stuff launched in 2013, but I forget when they took over Horse Ebooks because that was part of it. Gotcha. But still, though, finding stuff four years. I mean, four years after yeah. a game is a lot different from fizzling out after four months, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's 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 a lot. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, keep me posted. I'm really interested yeah. in doing a follow-up. Other follow-up stuff. Uh, I personally, and also our email, got sent some tips about ARGs that we should look at. Yeah, we've gotten Um, a lot of really good uh, stuff to throw on. It's a really big list at this point. (laughs) Is it? I have like four, but I don't know what people have been saying. Well, I know that we've got four that are written down, but I know of a couple others that aren't on the list that we might want to touch on. Um, And then getting... I didn't know there was a Mr. Robot ARG. In hindsight, that seems like a no-brainer. Um, yeah. Getting uh, Ghost River, uh, which we were sent a tip for, and Lexi? Yes. L-E-X-A-I? I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but more stuff to put on the list and check out. Yeah, so I didn't get a chance to look that much into Lex AI because it's a lot of videos. Okay. 
Um, but Ghost River is pretty much exactly my shit, and I know that they need more eyes on it, so you guys should go to the ARG subreddit and check it out. Uh, it is about, like, a mining town that has a monster in it that may or may not be eating people. That's what I got from, like, watching the videos and looking at the Discord. That sounds super there might be dope. more, but I know. Um... I was also told to look at an ARG that I don't remember the name of now, <laughs> um, but I, I read the entire wiki page on it and it was very cool. <laughs> Let me find it. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. it's um, You can find it on the Gate Detectives wiki. It's called Terragon uh, and it is uh, the people who played it. The plot was they were, like, helping this terrorist agency, Uh and they only had, like, a limited amount of time to solve uh, puzzles. Like, a lot of the puzzles were, like, you have to choose if you want to, like, betray the good agency and join the bad one, and you only (laughs) have a limited amount of time. Or, like, you have to solve this, this, like, logic cipher and defuse a bomb, or everyone in the building will die. (laughs) It's like it sounds super cool, but I think playing it would have stressed me out. So I like reading about it after yeah, the fact. Yeah, I, I couldn't do something like that. I know there, I've I've played through a couple that have had a timed component or something like that, and yeah, I've, the groups I've been with have never solved it in time. Um, or there was I remember one puzzle from the uh, the this book is full of spiders ARG near the end where we needed to find a good thirty words to type into um text boxes and um we found the list of 30 and then the first one the first box would pop up and it was just hunt and peck until you figured out which one got you to get to like website.com slash two and then when you're on the two page you have to type in one and if you get it wrong it brings you all the way back to one so it was this constant like check and try and get through. And once you knew what one was, you write it down so that you don't miss up on time in the end uh, to get to the second one, to the third, to the fourth. And it was, it took a really long time. I felt, I feel like I remember um, for people to get through this thing. I was on my phone at the time, so there was no way I was keeping up, but I know that like the first person to get to the end got sent something in the mail. I don't remember exactly what it was, some kind of prize, but it was this incredible like time versus thing that we, there were some people posting answers in the chat. There were others that were just working. It was really interesting, but that kind of time element is not for me. Yeah. Um, I also found out today that adult swim has been running an ARG for a couple of years. That's kind of like a game within a game. Uh, I read a bunch about it because I thought it was super cool. Um, and that is also on the Game Detectives Wiki. I spent a lot of time on the Game Detectives Wiki today. <laughs> Just straight up shout out to Game Detectives. Um, you said they're they're active on Reddit and on week on their own wiki. Yeah, and they have uh they actually have like an ARG training website where you can go on and like do like practice ciphers and puzzles and stuff, which I thought oh, was that's really, really neat. cool. I. I've always wanted something like that to point people to. I think there are a couple like that, but uh, I don't remember the URL of the other one that okay. I used to play around on. 
Uh, yep, that's the follow-up and the tips. So we are good to talk about Frog Fractions Frog 2. Frog Fractions 2. Hi, my name's Hunter. And I'm Amy. Together, we run the Ashby Brewery and Indie, Indie Game Studio. Two years ago, we changed the face of edutainment with the critically acclaimed Frog Fractions. But despite our success, fractions remain one of the least understood representations of numerical value amongst children aged 8 to 12. We've got a plan to fix this, but it won't work without your help. Your help. Your help. Your help. I've hijacked the MPEG stream. Ready? We're sending this message from the year Today, watching a stream of Frog Fractions One, um, or a uh, uh, not a stream, a walkthrough video on YouTube. Um, yeah, I was about to ask if you'd ever played the original. So I I never got a chance to play it. I remember a couple years ago, I watched, um, I watched some YouTubers or streamers or I don't know what they called them back in the day, uh, but they were playing through uh, Frog Fractions on Twitch. Uh, I think it was Loading Ready Run. Um, they're really good. You should follow them and check them out if you like streamers. Um, but I think it was them playing through Frog Fractions, the original. Um, and I just remember it being this weird game. At first, I was like, why are they playing a children's edutainment game that where a frog teaches you fractions? <laughs> um, I could use it, but I don't know why they're doing it. Um, and then it devolved into what Frog Fractions is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Frog Fractions is this really weird game that um, it starts off pretty simple, like something that you would see before in a kid's section of a video game store where it's a frog teaching you fractions. Like I just said, uh, you know, you, you have a tongue, you shoot the bugs, and when you get a bug, you get a fraction and it teaches you about it. So far, so easy. Um, but then it starts devolving into uh, really weird stuff. Yeah. You, do you you become like the president of Mars, yeah, right? So, well, <laughs> Bug Mars. Um, yeah, Bug Mars. It starts devolving. You start getting some power-ups, and they start up being like, now your tongue can shoot faster, or now you can get multiple bugs at the same time. Um, kind of in the realm of like other more traditional video games. Um, but then you unlock a dragon at one point and can start flying around. Uh, and at that point, it turns into a bullet hell shooter because the flies start shooting at you while you're trying to eat them. Uh, so you're dodging pellets that bugs shoot and you're, do you're dodging pellets, you're eating bugs. Um, eventually, if you go too far down, you can realize that you can start swimming on your dragon um, and going underwater under the lake. Um, it's a very weird game where you eventually... Uh, find a spaceship and you journey to bug mars uh where 
I'm trying to think. You first you get put on trial and you have to solve a quiz uh, about bug history. Um, and then once you you get through that, uh, then the bug people accept you. Um, oh, you know what? You go through. They accept you. Then you start diving underwater. You find a spaceship. Uh, at that point, it turns into a text adventure game uh, where you are searching around trying to figure out how to power up the spaceship. Um, and from there, it turns in once you get the spaceship powered on and do the whole text adventure thing, uh, you eventually get to go and you uh, get put on trial for, I guess, bug war crimes. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, at that point, you do a dance dance revolution routine to get out of um your crimes and you entrance the bug people so well that you eventually become the bug president uh which is mostly a figurehead title who's in charge of creating and distributing bug porn um your typical child's edutainment game i forgot there was a dance dance revolution part i've actually played it i think i only got as far as the text adventure that i gave up (laughs) apparently you can just hit like quit and it'll go to the next section oh my god i think i think they realize that there's a reason that text adventure games have kind of fallen out of style (laughs) yeah well um so yeah frog fractions one came out in 2012 um and it was made by uh jim crawford who runs uh twin beard studios or like a tiny indie game studio and he originally um, I'm I'm uh, using an article that I read earlier today as the basis of all of this background stuff, and I can, well, I will link it in the show notes because it's a very interesting read. Um, and so basically, he was not originally completely sold on making a sequel. Um, because the original just kind of like happened. It was like basically he started making a game and kind of let it go where it went like yeah it it doesn't seem planned the reason there's no like logical progression of events really in frog fractions is because the whole development process was it was just him being like oh that it would be really funny to include that thing next i do think that's how all the best things start it's just one guy goes you know what would be weird what if I turn this into a bullet hell? What if I turn this into a dance dance revolution? Yeah. What if we you made know. a text adventure? You know, what if we made a text adventure? What if we made a resource management sim where you're trying to produce the most bug pornography? God. So yeah, um, he originally was not completely sold on making a sequel. Um, but he did eventually because he kind of started mapping one out. Uh, after he was working on some other stuff. Uh, and in 2014 uh, was when he finished the like original outline. and But then he had the problem of, like, how do I market this game and keep the like sense of surprise and wonder that people got from the original Frog Fractions when they were going in not knowing what to expect. Because the problem with making Frog Fractions 2 is that if you've played Frog Fractions 1, you know that it's not going to be an edutainment game about frogs. <laughs> right. Frog Fractions 1 like was created and spread through word of mouth. It was one of those things like... um 
there's a game uh, with the subtitle Fins of Our Father that I don't remember oh, the... Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I also don't know the ga- the name. You don't know the half of it. Fins of the Father. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, where it's a weird uh, game that takes place in the viewpoint of fish. The entire world is fish. Um, that's one of my recommendations this week. Um, but there's that. There is... There was a weird, um, like, anime dating simulator that came out uh, last year or the year before called Doki Doki Literature Club? Yep. Something like that? Yep, yep, yep. Um, that is kind of in the same boat where it came out and didn't really advertise how weird it was um, until people stumbled on it and spread that one through word of mouth. Um, that one, trigger warning for, like, abuse and suicide and stuff like that if you are interested in that just know that like it gets dark and weird um yeah there's also there's there's also uh icarus proud bottom teaches typing which is my favorite one that like no one has played i've never heard of this icarus proud bottom teaches typing i think that's what it's called it's part of like a series of games um that i think started on newgrounds but it's the best one uh the it's kind of like frog fractions where it starts out as like an edutainment game like it is a typing game and then you like end up in this like weird magical realism situation where you're like making a contract with the devil and then you have to type fast enough to beat the devil this is by Holy Wow Studios. It's good. You should uh play it after we record. It's like it's okay. like a, it's like a thirty minute game, probably depending on how good of a typist you are. Okay, it might be forty five then. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, but yeah, and it, this game, it's one of those. It came out, and it's word of mouth is what drove it. It wasn't. It didn't have an advertising push that I saw. It didn't have anything mm-hmm. weird. It just had. Honestly, streamers and stuff that heard, wow, this is a weird game. Let's check it out. Let's play this on stream. And then other people followed suit because they're honestly, I think that streaming's had a weird effect where like an audience member will see one streamer watching a thing and then they'll go to a different streamer and say, hey, you should play Fins of the Father or yeah. hey, you should play Frog Fractions. And yeah. they say, I don't know what that is. I didn't really have plans tonight fine we'll check out frog fractions and then they get 20 minutes in and go what the fuck is this yeah pony island is another one that's like that which is it it's like an arcade game about like my little ponies and then it also gets real weird and like dark but yeah i I, it i don't know how you make fins of our father 2 or doki doki literature club 2 because or you know frog fractions 2 because half of the surprise comes from not knowing what you're getting and the only reason you want a second one is because the first one was so weird. I don't know. It's hard to follow up weird with weird. Right. So the way that Jim Crawford did it was he released a Kickstarter. Uh, he was not in the video for the Kickstarter, but he did write a little explanation on the page. And the explanation was uh, that he was in the next several years going to release Frog Fractions 2, but it was going to be under the name of a completely different game and a completely different studio. And um, this was how they funded the game also. Like, <laughs> this, was, this was their pitch to fund the game and to get people interested in it, and it worked, which is awesome. So he said basically, 
I'm going to release Frog Fractions 2 as a totally different game, not under my name. I'm just going to put it out there in the world one day. You won't know what day it is, but (laughs) it'll be out there sometime between this Kickstarter ending and like five years from now or like 10 years from now. And I will not say that Frog Fractions 2 is definitively out there until someone finds it and they send it to me and they say, is this Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> and it worked. It, it did work, but it took three years. I, I guess we can pitch the game that it is sold as at the end of the episode. Yes. Um. But yeah, this is, it's a really weird, I, I, I remember, um, yeah, I know that I, I saw the game when it was first launched of the original Frog Fractions, and then I heard, hey, we finally found Frog Fractions 2. And I remember thinking, what do you mean you finally found Frog Fractions 2? Uh, this was like two years ago, three years ago. or uh, Yeah. Um, so it's really neat that this happened, but I didn't know this was happening. Uh, and it's surprising that it kick-started with a video that said, I don't know, it's hard to say, hey, pay me to not actually release this game. Yeah. Yeah, I was in I uh I actually started like actively following this game towards the end part and I was in the Discord when uh people found the game and everyone was going absolutely rip shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. So that said, how do, how do you find it? I mean, like obviously there's the whole ARG, but I'm curious how you Yeah, it was the day I... it was the day after Christmas. I specifically remember because I had a bunch of people over my house and I was like sitting in my basement, like manically refreshing, like watching to see what game it was. And like (laughs) someone like streamed it the very first night and I was up at like two o'clock in the morning watching this person stream Frog Corrections 2. Jeez. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and I think a couple like a, a couple like game coverage websites already knew uh because like the next day they put a bunch of them put articles out that had like interviews with uh the people behind it and also Jim Crawford um and like more information but the first night it was just like everyone spreading it by word of mouth and no one knew for sure if it was really it until a bunch of people like logged in and found it. <laughs> so it was it was very cool. Gotcha. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Polygon did a lot of coverage over it when it was first found. Yeah, Justin McElroy was uh, super into it, which is very cool. Oh, neat. Justin McElroy, come on our podcast and talk about frog fractions. Yeah, Justin, hit us up. So all of that said, uh, I sent you just the Kickstarter video, not even attached to the Kickstarter page. Yeah, you just sent me a link that was, in hindsight, it's KSR hyphen video. So that's, it makes sense that's Kickstarter. But I just got a message from you that says, hey, here's where you're starting. Um, So I'll go ahead and talk about this uh, video, which was the trailhead for this one. Uh, but it starts off with uh, you see two people uh, sitting that introduce themselves as the Ashby Brewer- uh, Ashby Brewery and Indie Game Studio. Um, it's a it looks like a couple sitting there. The guy's got a guitar, uh, and they start talking about how last year they released their big and edutainment game Frog Fractions, 
And at that point, I messaged you and said, oh, shit, am I doing frog fractions? Correct. Um, but the, the video starts off normal until uh, at one point the guy is talking and it starts, the video starts hiccuping uh, where he says, you know, we're going, 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 going. And it cuts in with another um, a broadcast about how it is too late for our timeline. Uh, but it might not be too late for yours. Uh, so that's when you know that you're into the deep shit. Um, from there, you get a couple of other cut-ins. And uh, it's it's a little weird. Time travelers show up in the video. But I think that, I think that what the video is going for is that the Ashby video- Brewing and Indie Game Studio hired some friends to pretend to be time travelers to come in and tell us about how they need to... You know, we yeah. need to buy frog fractions too to teach our kids how to play, how to do fractions. I think that's what they're going for. But in the reality of the video, actual time travelers hijack the video and tell us that we need to save the timelines through frog fractions too. Yes. Does that check out for you? Yeah. Yep. Um. So from there, there is a part that I genuinely dislike, um, which is when the face pops up. Oh yeah, yes. Did you re rewatch this video? Yeah, I I rewatched uh, it when I sent it to you. It's it's an effect that I uh genuinely dislike. And I honestly I don't know why we haven't seen this in an actual horror movie where um like the digital artifacting of the image before is used to project the face. I that's the best I can do to describe it because it's so weird. I don't know how to explain it really. But it's a very creepy effect because you just see eyes and a nose and a mouth appear like within the shot that you already saw that's frozen up. It's very genuinely creepy. It kind of reminded me of the fucking, oh my god, the AI from System Shock. Oh, Rodan? Shodan? Is that right or am I getting... Huh? Google Google says Shodan. I have a friend who's going to be really mad at me for not knowing this. It's Google is also telling me that there's a search engine named after Shodan from System Shock. Uh, uh, why which would you do that? Is not great. <laughs> that's that's like naming your tech company Skynet. Like you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, I get Cortana. Yeah, yeah, because Cortana's benevolent. Yeah. But it would be like if Apple was like, hey, here's Killbot 9000. Like, <laughs> or if, if Ring was like, this is our new doorbell. This is RoboCop. Like, it's what <laughs> it's become, but it's not like what you advertise it as. It's like if, if like, Sir- if Apple, like, renamed Siri Hell 9000. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, Siri, play this. I can't do that for you. <laughs> Why'd you call me Dave? <laughs> It's like you almost got it, but you didn't. Anyways, this creepy face pops into the video, uh, and it says, in a very creepy voice, um, it says, The broadcast window is short, so listen carefully. The last four digits of the page view count are 0451. 0451. The enormity of this request cannot be conveyed over the da- over this data channel. Godspeed. How did you feel about out. that one? Uh, you know, it's it's very creepy. Uh, it's very effective. Um, 
I'm I'm looking at it right now, looking at me in this video, and I just hate it. Um, the voice is what gets me. Yeah. Like, the image is creepy, but there's this weird echoey effect over the voice, and the voice is it's light. Um, you'd you'd expect it to be some kind of weird, creepy thing like this, but it 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 comes in with this light, airy quality to it that makes it incredibly creepy. Yeah, it's, I'll play a clip. It's just a bad one. <laughs> I it's, think. Oh, it's just very bad. I just did that. I'm sorry I subjected you to that. I might cut it to save our audience. Um <laughs> but I it, it it's just creepy. Um and then it cuts back to the campy time travelers that are like, "Yeah, you got to get this game to understand fractions." And then it cuts to what I assume is a second set of time travelers sending a message forward oh, yeah, in time. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where it's the like 1920s guys and like the Yeah. The One guy's tone. cranking a generator in the background. Like, it's it's very funny. Um, but he starts to say something, and the guy's like, we only have three seconds of power. And he goes, what? Three set? And it gets cut <laughs> off. It's great. It's great. So that's where we started. How did people react to this? Do you know? Uh, I think people were really excited. I feel like it got funded pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I know that I th- they they realized fairly quickly that it was an ARG. I don't know how, but how did how did how did you do? <laughs> so, I I will say I have the um the hindsight of knowing that this is um an ARG. So, like at the very least, I know that like there will be a clue to lead forward. Um, I went back. I found the actual page for the Kickstarter. Um, I actually, I feel like I did an okay job at getting through the first couple steps. Um, so this video, uh, I figured that there's two major clues that I could take from it. Uh, one of them is in, you know, the, the, the creepy face and voice says the page view count is zero, four, five, one. So clearly those letters are important. Um, and at the very end, you see the... I'm going to call them the, the past time travelers. Yeah. Um, y- you see a uh, a chalkboard in the background that has um, some writing on it. It's a little faint, but it's like slash E-O-L-O 5387. Yeah. I've got it written down on my notes. I'm looking at it now. It's very hard to see on the board, but you can make it out. Yeah, I'm looking at a... I'm looking at a screen cap of it, and it's, it's really hard it's, to see. It's weird because of the, uh, like, it's got an old-timey effect on it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, really grainy. It's, so it's hard to see it in a screenshot. Like, I'm, I'm looking at a paused video now, and I can't make it out. But when you hit play, you can kind of see it because it's the only part that's static, you, you know? Like, it it stays oh, still while things move around sense. it, so it's easy to see it there. So I had those two clues, those sets of numbers. Um, I actually really like what they did. So I went to um, the Kickstarter video. I typed in the Kickstarter thing. I typed in slash ELO.html at the end of it. That didn't go anywhere, which makes sense because it's hosted on Kickstarter. Uh, so I figured that it would need to be. Um, so this is to, to pause for a second. This is where I feel like a understanding of the meta thing around it works better and works to your benefit. Yeah. Kickstarter isn't going to have an extra URL at the end of it 
So you kind of think, what website would they be able to control and add pages to? So from there, I went to the their main website, which is twinbeard.com. Um, yep. Yeah, twinbeard.com. And then I typed in the slash E-O-L-O 5387. From there, you get a uh, you get a page that's made up of two things. Uh, one is some text that says, sorry, try again. And the other is a cascading background of pictures of bread. Mm-hmm. So it took me a minute uh, to figure this one out. But the next step is to, instead of going to t- uh, twinbeard.com, you take the R from that, move it forward a couple spaces. Now you've got twinbread.com slash YOLO5387. When you go to that website, you get the picture of bread written out in ASCII code. Um, or it's written out in like ampersands and uh, special characters. Um, so it's really weird and kind of trippy to see. From there, I looked at the page source of the uh, of it. Uh, and at the very bottom, I saw that there's some um, there's some JavaScript that looks like it relates to uh, tracking page views. I'm making a bit of a leap on my account because I know that it's I'm looking at it from the future. I assume that this site may have changed once it hit 451 views. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming that the thing the thing said the page review count is at 0451. I assume that this changed once that was hit. Um, so from there I was a bit stumped until, I took out that extra add-on at the end. Uh, From there, I just went to twinbread.com. And that site is a doozy. Um, You get (laughs) a lot of bad HTML and animation on the site. Uh, You've got links that move around and bounce back and forth across the screen. It's very... um, This is the site that I would have made in high school because my teacher thought it was high-tech. Um, there is mm-hmm. bread making tips in Comic Sans. Uh, there is an under construction thing at the very bottom, like all websites in that era. There are a bunch of different recipes on the side. Uh, it's all incredibly hard to see, I should point out, because it's got that cascading bread in the background again, which makes all text disappear behind it. Um, Jesus is on the bottom of the site, uh, holding out a cup and some bread at you. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there there's is. a page counter which tripped me up for a minute i'll get to that um there's a copyright of twin bread for 1863 all rights reserved um and it says that the site is best viewed with netscape navigator 3.1 or higher uh which is a very good joke um but when you click on that link you get a site that is twinbread.com slash butts.html and the content of the site is just the word butts, uh, which I appreciate. Did, did you notice that into, if you go on the source, it says it butts does. a second they, time? They hit that second butt. This is where I'm basically stuck. Um, I did find a couple of other things. There is a, a, a link at the top that bounces around that says about twin bread. When I click on that link, I get to what looks like an about page that has some different info including a png image file uh twinbread.com slash kernel.png 
when you look at that, it is a diamond-shaped um, picture of a guy in sunglasses. Uh, I tried saving it as an MP3. I tried saving it as a couple different file types. Uh, none of those worked. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing with this image. Oh, it's the icon for the Frog Fractions Discord. Oh, is it really? <laughs> sunglasses, man. There he is. It's a good-looking dude. So I have this picture. The other thing that I have um, is in the source code for the um, for the main site, as well as there's a whole list of different bread recipes. I didn't get a chance to go through all of them. There's a chance that like they're not actually all bread recipes. Um, actually, this one's very weird. Uh, I just clicked make bread and it says type 101675 on keypad. Put flour in bread machine. Put salt in bread machine. Put milk in bread machine. And goes through this whole thing. So maybe that number means something. But um, when you click the page source here, and when you click it on the main site, there's a bunch of special characters that have been commented out of the website. Uh, so they don't appear on the page, but they are in here. I don't know what they are. I fiddled around and poked at it a little bit, but never got a real feeling for what it could mean. Uh, so I am officially stuck. I have a couple of clues that I think lead to the next couple spots, but uh, that is where my journey into Frog Fractions 2 has ended, unfortunately. Cool. So twinbread.com is actually a, a kind of hub for a lot of different clue paths. Uh, the bread recipe that you just found is I actually one. Nailed it. That was live uh, on air. Oh, sorry. There... I do want to point out, I did trip myself up a little bit because I... Um, so there's a there's a page counter at the bottom of the screen, and I noticed. So I yeah. opened up multiple re multiple recipes at the same time, and I compared them all, and I realized that all of them were off by one. I thought this was a clue until I realized that it was just that I clicked on the page, which adds one uh -huh. the, the the counter. Um, <laughs> so that was not my proudest moment, and I'm glad that I'm sharing that with our audience. Oh boy! <laughs> I thought that I you was did on it. something. I was like, "Ooh, this one's 82. This one's 83. This one's 84. I'm onto it." And then I realized that's just the order I clicked on these. You solved frog <laughs> fractions. I know a lot more about fractions than I do about solving puzzles, Mark. Well, frog fractions taught you something. So, so what did I do wrong? Where do I go from here? So there's a lot that you could have done. Um, I, uh, some of it is kind of unintuitive. If you go into the source of the main Twinbread website, okay. uh, you may have noticed that there is a huge brick of uh, what looks like ASCII yeah. code. Yeah, I found that. I don't know what to do with it. So that is what is known as a brain fuck code. And I don't totally understand how it works. Uh, I have looked at the Wikipedia page. Uh, apparently it's a esoteric programming language uh, that only consists of eight commands. Uh, so, and it, it's just kind of like a programming language that programmers use for fun. It's not like a legitimate, like, you know, um, but someone basically ran it through like a, a brain fuck code, uh, decryptor or whatever, like something okay. that will run the code. Uh, and they got, uh, a, a big block of text. Like they got the twin, a twin bread logo and a block of text that said, 
It has come to my attention that some users are attempting to use Onyx BF with a web-based interpreter located at brainfuck.tk. Let it be known that this particular interpreter has several known issues running the Onyx BF codebase and is not to be trusted. Thank you, management. Okay. Oh, and then um, a bunch of special characters. Yeah. Um, and then if you... Uh, go into the source of that original twin bread page with the assy bread on it. And if you remove all non-brainfuck characters from that, the source of that page, uh, it takes you, uh, it, it spits out a brainfuck code that in turn spits out a YouTube okay. link, uh, to a YouTube video that I'm not going to link because it's very loud. Thank you. Uh, and I startled myself <laughs> opening it. Uh, it's it's just a um a TV or a computer playing a, a like a a signal. Okay. Um, and apparently they had to invert the audio and then convert it through like a bunch of cassette stuff that I'm not like an audio code person <laughs> I don't understand it at all but I'm sure that this sentence that I'm looking at makes sense okay. to someone <laughs> Okay. so I'm on, we're on the right track we know where the clues um, are but not necessarily how to find them okay yeah uh, and then they get a uh, an ROT 13 uh, encoded link that is a link to twinbread.com slash rot13.html okay slash rot13 yep and then if you go oh, to the source of that page it's a broken image on here Yep, but if you go to the source of that page uh, there is a ROM of Castlevania <laughs> There is. It's not a real Castlevania game. I believe it's a, it's a fake one that they made specifically for this ARG. It is called Castlevania Pasigalia of Disrepair. Pasigalia of Disrec Disrepair. Yeah. Man. Uh, and it's a Game Boy Advance uh ROM. Does it work? I think it does. Uh, oh, but shit. When, if you if you run it in Visual Boy Advance, it produces a picture of Rick Astley, and it plays "Never Gonna Give You Up." Also, <laughs> but I think, okay. it, but I, but I think it's a working uh, Game Boy Advance ROM. If anyone wants to check that, okay, I will. Uh, we'll link to rot13.html in our in our show notes in case you want to play yeah. the newest Castlevania game. Uh, and so the make bread link that you found uh, is actually instructions for playing the original Frog Fractions. Uh, it is instructions for the text adventure portion. So if you, huh. so if you type all of those instructions into the text adventure, I think this was an update that they did to the game at some point. Okay, I was gonna say if they yeah, put yeah, this yeah, into yeah, yeah. the original game years ago, yeah. I was going to break my brain. Okay. Um, and so if you put all of those instructions in in sequence, uh, 
you get a message that says, You wake to the smell of freshly baked bread. A wispy human figure in a bathrobe and crown walks in, carrying a loaf of sliced bread. It's ready, she says. Then she gets a good look at you. Oh dear, no time for bread. You have to do something about that beard before your meeting starts. She pushes you into the bathroom. Uh, and then you are taken to this website. A beard forever voyaging, leading by example. Click to enable Adobe Flash Player. It's not like a jump scare. I just got scared because I left it open in another Yeah, the, the drum roll and, it, and then yeah. twin beard. Click to continue. Am I, sh- I need to shave Obama. It's Obama Shaving Simulator. All right. I have 45 seconds left to shave our former president. Oh, shit. Why am I using scissors? Oh, because this razor is garbage. That's why I'm using scissors. Okay, hold on. Sorry, Mr. President. (laughs) Oh, maybe I need to put shaving cream on first. This is surprisingly robust. Marn, why is there an Obama shaving simulator? Well, I'll tell you once you finish playing it, though. (laughs) I'm about to lose. There's no time, Mr. President. You must get to your meeting. Done. (laughs) Oh, my God. How'd you Uh, do? What? How did you do? Uh, I did okay, but it's... uh, Then I see the picture of Obama at the the meeting. I think he was watching the... Oh, hold on. Well, so I think he's watching the... uh, the the bin laden raid i'm pretty sure is what that picture is uh and then i click and i see a fake twitter feed uh george bush at bushman tweeted i made out with prez over lupper and he was all silky marvelous xd hashtag mustache uh bunch of people tweeting this is very weird so, yes. if you had completed the game and shaved Obama perfectly... I did not. Uh, one of those tweets would have said, uh, if you ever want to see public figure alive again, and it does say public figure in all caps, bring the money to coordinates at April 5th, 2014, 3 p.m. local time. Okay. Was this found early enough that people could make it to that drop point? Yeah, this this dropped in, like, early March. <laughs> okay, so people made it? Yep. Uh, so the next thing that happened was uh, a bunch of people went to uh, Berkeley, California, which is where the... Um, which is where the coordinates were to. Uh, and there was a meetup with Jim Crawford. Uh, okay. The developer of Frog Fractions. Uh, he gave out some stuff um he gave out uh business cards that had some encoded text on them um it had a url fragment that was part of the url uh to the twin bread site um and then he kind of was leading them around the street and a guy in a top hat showed up and like pulled a gun on him. Oh, never and, trust guys in top hats. And like the time police came and arrested him. Oh shit. 
uh, and then like these other like resistance time travelers showed up, <laughs> and there was a scuffle, and like the time cops fled with Jim Crawford and the opposing travelers uh, chased after them. Um, and then this guy on a motorcycle came up and was like, oh, that that wasn't the real Jim Crawford. I come from the dark timeline and we're trying to prevent everything that's going to happen. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so um, what what happened to prominent figure? Well, uh, Jim Crawford got arrested by the time cops um but he dropped a brown paper bag full of arg items in the process okay uh and it had uh some plastic cutlery okay uh a wooden frog statue okay uh some plant leaves uh 10 unlabeled floppy disks oh shit uh, with like, uh, stickers on them. Uh, they every pretty much everything had like bug and like cute like flower <laughs> stickers on it. Okay, uh, cool. And a foil wrapped character sheet, uh, that was for a role playing game, but the character was Rosencrantz from Hamlet. Hell yeah! What Hell game? Hell yeah! I don't know. I think it oh. might have been like a fake role playing game. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say uh, build him in uh apocalypse world make him uh i think this is my second time referencing apocalypse world and i don't know what that game is me neither i i kind of know what it is actually powered by the apocalypse that's the one that i'm thinking yeah make him a monster of the week character and so uh someone scanned the floppy disks in the year of our lord 2014 uh (laughs) i guess someone figured it out (laughs) Damn. I mean, they got, like, the cassette. Someone the... someone called their grandparents for the first time in years and said, hey, I need a favor. They got, like, the cassette tape code and stuff. They got the floppy disks. <laughs> uh, so the the floppy disks were a, uh, a calendar of bug porn. Nice. Uh, here, I'll send you one. There's one on the... Oh, I'm not sure I want to see bug porn. It's it's not like explicit. It's just like <laughs> no, I know. It's just like please, goofy. Please, Marn, I've seen some bug porn in my day. Oh, so it's like a bug pinup. Yeah, it's like bug pinups. Miss April, it's a saucy little lady. <laughs> uh, and they all had like weird data hidden in uh, in the images. Like, I guess if you if you did the thing where you open the image as a text file, which is a very popular thing that ARGs like to do. Um, gotcha. They all had like weird strings. Uh, well, not all of them. Some, some of them had strange strings of numbers. Uh, and they, in base eight, uh, they converted to say, uh, coffee with a pad of butter, Omelette with cheese and bacon, hash browns, toast with butter, and strawberry jam. Okay. Uh, and and then uh, one of the... There were, like, bonus files on a couple of the floppy disks. And one of them was password protected. And the password was 0451. 
Oh, the, um, uh, the, the, the page view code. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and the result was a MP4 that had, uh, a live action walkthrough of Frog Fractions. A Russian walkthrough of Frog Fractions? A live action walkthrough of Frog live Fractions. Action. Oh my god. This is incredible. <laughs> This is very funny. We're definitely going to link this video in the show notes, but it is it's someone really making good. the entire game beat for beat using just like stuffed animals of bugs. Uh, Mario just showed up in a bug co- or in a frog costume. Um, you see a frog on trial. This is great. This is great. I love this. Uh, now we're getting into historical drama. I don't think this is the game anymore. Looks like time travel's getting punched. And now we're finding a way underground. We're picking up an axe. We're playing the bopper game deal or no deal now the frogs at the arcade this is great i just want to say that the recommended video that youtube is giving me to play next is why is why you should never visit the dark web (laughs) i think that's on you because i'm getting uh magic draft videos so yeah that's that's gotta be my my algorithms Oh, I do see a creepy puppet with Randy buys a bookshelf off Gumtree as a recommended thing. I don't want to click on that. That's creepy. Okay, this is very cool. So, uh, after that, um, the ARG kind of goes dormant for a year. A year. A year? A year. Like, is it a, we're trying to find clues, but we can't get there a year? Or is it a, there's just nothing? It's, there's just nothing. Um, it's that, it's, they solved the floppy disks. It led to that video and just nothing. May 2014 to May 2015, there was no action in the ARG. Jesus. And at uh, that point it was dead. Good night, everybody. <laughs> well, that's been our podcast. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, what actually so, happened? So what actually happened is that in May 2015, uh, Jim Crawford starts a podcast called Train Hot Dog. Train this, Hot Dog? Train Hot Dog, in which the premise is that uh, he does a podcast on his train commute every day usually while eating lunch or like breakfast or something okay uh and this begins what is known as the train hot dog era of the arg i love args 
Um, and the, I, I really do like how the Game Detectives wiki has this all split up into different eras. There's the Twin Bread era, there's the Train Hot Dog era, there's more eras to come. Uh, so, but- when you told me I had two weeks to solve this ARG, you didn't tell me that I'd have to wait a year before I could start <laughs> again. I feel like you're setting me up for failure. I know, it's true. Um, so what happened is, uh, Jim Crawford started premiering this podcast. Uh, I think it was originally just on his YouTube page, but then he started a website for it at trainhotdog.cool. I think that still exists. It does does. still, oh God, yeah, it still exists. Yeah. There's a video of a hot dog train that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I also was not expecting the hot dog train. Um, yeah, uh, so he uh, listeners can send in mail. Uh, there are two uh, telephone numbers where they can send voicemail. Uh, they can leave comments on the YouTube videos. And so for a while... That is something that happens. Uh, there's no real clues. Um, on episode 10, uh, in the spectrogram, there's a king of spades. Uh, somebody takes it into audacity and puts it in like a spectrogram. Uh, and then in episode 12... Um, yeah, at the end of episode 12, uh, there's a little like advert, like a voice that says... Brought to you by time-travel.club. And everyone <laughs> plugs that in and they get to time-travel.club. Time-travel.club? Where are we going? Jesus Christ. This is... I, I think... So I work... Uh, I, I work as a QA analyst for a tech company. So <laughs> I think that one of my favorite things about ARGs is seeing how bad the fake websites are it's pretty good this is incredible it's just you can't read any of it there's stuff bouncing around the page all registrations closed but logins available okay oh jesus the about us uh seizure warning for the about us site because there are a lot of flashing gifs on this page It's under construction, which you can tell because there are about 8,000 GIFs telling you that it's coming soon and under construction. Oh, this is great. Uh, Login. Okay, so there's a login and a password button. Where are we going from here, Marn? So, um, at the bottom of trainhotdog.cool, where it says the phone number... Uh, yeah. there is a, there's a link that you can click and it leads to one of those like magic eye images where you have to like unfocus your eyes. Uh, yeah, I can't do these. Yeah. So someone I think ran it through like a solver or like a filter or something. Uh, and it's just, it just says danger sparkles in all caps. Okay. Um, and then... Oh, and then uh, Jim Crawford comes on to this other podcast that is co-hosted by one of the 
by the other Frog Fractions 2 writer, uh, Justin Bortnick, who hangs out in the Frog Fractions 2 Discord now and very courteously responded to an email that I sent him today. Shout out to Justin Bortnick. Awesome. Uh, he, and uh, so Jim Crawford is on the Red Pages podcast, uh, which is like a video game podcast that's co-hosted by Justin. Uh and there are some like weird noises uh for a couple <laughs> minutes in that podcast. Uh their Morse code uh that turns someone out put, to be someone put weird noises into a podcast to send a clue to people? Someone put Morse code in a podcast? Weird. Who would have thought of that? Not me. Oh, and then uh it was so it was backwards, uh the words Meyer exuberant mushiness. Okay. Um, machinist or mushiness? Mushiness. Oh, I like that a lot less. And then also there was someone reading iRobot in the background. Okay. Uh, basically, it was just to like confirm that uh, both of those podcasts were in-game. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, a couple... now, so now the game has two websites, three podcasts. Yes. And a separate login page. Okay. Yes. Uh, a couple other things happened. Uh, one of the Train Hot Dog 14 uh, had a writer mail discussing time travel. Uh, the YouTube preview for one of them showed the words like decay truth upside down. Uh, okay. And then, oh, and then uh, Ashby Brewery, uh, the Twitter started tweeting, I think is what happened. Yeah. Uh, so they discovered that Jim Crawford had made a post back in like 2012 about like the Ashby Brewery. And then they found the Ashby Brewery Twitter account. Uh, I think they like reverse Google image search, like the photo that was in the tweet about Ashby Brewery. <laughs> uh, and then from the Twitter, they found. Oh, um, they the Kickstarter updated, and they had like a video newsletter. Uh, I think I see that. The, the Ashby yeah. Brewery and Indie Game Studio Fall 2015 Quarterly Brews Letter. Yeah. Uh, and so it has uh, glitches before three words. Uh, and it led to decaytruth.info, which is the Ashby Brewery website. Is it decay hyphen truth? No, no hyphen. Dot info. Not in Fio. I need to learn how to type. Okay, it's sparkly. It's sparkly. Danger sparkles. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, if you go to... um, Sorry, if you I, go... click, I, I clicked the link Beer 101 on the site, and it just popped up and said hops, marley, malt, yeast, and water. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to the About Us site, or the About Us page... Okay. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. 
Ooh, bringing with him ancient yeast strains and the knowledge of Shevet Sheveton monks. Started mm. up a rudimentary brewer on the future site of the Ashby Brewery in South Berkeley. Notoriously long-lived, having reached the laudable age of 122 before retiring from public life in spite of his youthful appearance. When asked by a young Mark Twain what had been the secret to his success, he famously declared, I bring you a message of great importance. The author didn't know what to make of this, and the legend of Ashby Brewery grew. Uh, did you notice that uh, the brewery was founded in 1777, but, um, oh, what is it? There's, like, some weird date discrepancy, I think. I think they, like, they, they googled a bunch of the stuff that's mentioned in here, and they realized that it's, um, it's all, like, not chronologically correct. Okay. Like, Mar- like Mark Twain was alive would have been an adult in like the early in like the late 1800s right yeah i was about to ask about that okay and they it looks like all of the like quotation marks and aster not asterisks uh, apostrophes are broken on this site is that i think that's just just how it is okay i was gonna say is that i know that websites lose those after a bit sometimes so okay yeah um, so the address on the website is a grocery store, just like a, a real grocery store. Uh, and, um, they, oh, they found an admin page. It's decaytruth.info slash admin.html, but they couldn't log, they couldn't log into it yet. Uh, they also found that some of the website pages have source code with like md5 hash in them um what is md5 hash for people that don't know oh i don't even know myself oh it's it's um it's hexadecimal it's like a type of hex uh i don't think that was a real code i think that was just like something that was in the website that they found and were like this this has to be something Something i think it was just like in the website yeah i think it was just like fucked up website code (laughs) because nothing ever came of it okay um uh i i do like this uh they have a privacy policy page um which has uh, some interesting stuff to it but the thing that I like is here employees may access file metadata when they have legitimate reason, like providing technical support. Like most online services, we have a small number of employees who must be able to access user data for reasons stated in our privacy policy. A uh, privacy policy. You give us permission to do those things, and this permission extends to trusted third parties we work with. Your automated systems analyze your content, including emails, to provide you personally relevant product features, such as customized search results, tailored advertising, and spam and malware detection. This analysis occurs as the content is sent, received, and when it's stored. 
you grant them a non-exclusive, irrevocable, worldwide, perpetual, unlimited, assignable, sub-licensable, fully paid up, and royalty-free right for us to copy, prepare derivative works of, improve, distribute, publish, remove, retain, add, process, analyze, use, and commercialize in any way now known or in the future discovered any information you provide directly or indirectly to the Ashby Brewery and Indie Game Studio including but not limited to any user-generated content ideas concepts techniques and or data to the services you submit uh, without any further consent notice and or compensation to you or any third parties yeah that's a big long list that i'm pretty sure they're including as a joke but that's basically what these policies are these days yeah pretty much yeah. Um. So also it's ahead of time. It's, it's sorry. It's ahead of its time for 1999. Well, they're time travelers. <laughs> so around the same time, uh, Justin Bortnick, uh, starts drinking uh Ashby products like on his Twitch stream, uh, to confirm that his Twitch stream is also in game. Uh. Okay. Okay. So four web. Th- Three websites, one defunct website, one Kickstarter page, one Twitter account, three podcasts, and a Twitch feed. Yeah. Uh, And around the same time, people are investigating timetravel.club, which is the, the, like, amateur time travel website. Yep. Uh, And you, so there's a a little login uh, link. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which initially didn't exist, and then it became a login link. Okay. Uh, and on one of the train hot dog episodes, uh, the spectrogram for the episode had uh, a username password combo, which was username Gadsby, and the password was password one two three. All right. Yeah, Google Chrome, save that password. <laughs> Rank recruit, uh, commanding officer Dwayne. And so that takes you to a page for Future Resistance Operation Garrison 1.50, otherwise known as Frog 1.5. Ah, okay. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yep. so Frog Fractions 1.5. <laughs> okay. It's very funny that it's a fraction and the decimal at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and so this is the website for the resistance who are kind of like the the rebel time travelers trying to stop uh, this thing called the decay, which is just like the decay of time as we know it, basically. All right. Um, and so you log in, you see a little... Uh, like welcome new recruit message for Gadsby. Uh, you see a uh a little blurb about the resistance and like what this website is. Uh, and then you see a list of resources. They are all locked. Yep, because you're One a new is recruit. Very locked. The party yeah, lounge the, is the, very locked. The, the party lounge is extremely locked. And so then uh, Justin Bortnick tweets a Mario Maker level code from his personal Twitter. Uh, 
and it's a level called Dispatch 2, and people can see from the screen cap of it that he tweets that uh, blo- there are blocks in it that spell out password screamed, uh, and using the quote from iRobot uh, from that was being read in the Red Pages podcast, uh, they get... Um, Oh, uh, they get username Herbie and password screamed. Uh, So you can get in as Herbie and you get access to uh, requisitions and current operations. Requisition Snarfblatt and Operation Snarfblatt. Herbie, rank, corporal, commanding officer, William. Requisitions, contact central command in order to place order. I can allow the following requisitions. Hops, Marley malt, yeast, water, F rations, anti-sparkle lotion, and bread. Yep. And on the other page, get deployment instructions. Current operation assignments are Operation Glitter Buster, Operation 2014 Crawford, Operation 1965 m bradley and operation bread so let's get that uh, bread so thus begins uh the time travel club era of the arg which lasts uh october 2015 to february 2016 okay so uh the players go actually into the mario maker level that justin has tweeted um because it's a playable level like they find it on the little mario maker thing where you can look up levels okay. uh they find that there are more blocks in the in the level that are morse code and okay. they translate to hello number six um and then hello on... number six yep and then uh oh uh, uh they find more morse code on red pages podcast that says um, that is an anagram for username is the number six, password is revolution. The next thing that happens is Indiecade uh, 2015, and uh, Ashby Brewery has since uh, has has tweeted during this time that they're like the official craft beer of Indiecade 2015 and so everyone's like oh okay there's gonna be something okay uh so um oh and, like, and there's sorry there's one guy that responded twice to that tweet the first one was on the October 26th where he said how'd it go at Indiecade and the second one is at November 13th and he said did you sell beers <laughs> it just tickles me uh, and so there's also um, uh, dots in the spectrogram of one of the train hot dog episodes around this time. Okay. Uh, that is Braille. That is the coordinates for Indiecade. Okay. And then if you download the MP3, it has like tags in the file that says, uh, like, look for this name. Uh, and it's just the name that jim crawford has on his badge because like as i think as like a goof he sometimes like uses the name of another ceo on his badge (laughs) 
Um, and also on the Red Pages podcast, uh, they say something that's like uh, a reminder to the resistance members. If you don't open your communications with the number 17, you may as well not say anything at all. Um, and so uh, <laughs> the the players know that what's going to have to happen is they have to look for Jim and walk up to him and say the number 17 and something's going to happen. Okay. Uh, and so they do that. Uh, an ARG person comes up to Jim and Justin and just says the number 17 uh, and is given the choice between a Mario Amiibo and a Luigi Amiibo. Ooh, Luigi. You take Luigi. Yeah, correct. Okay. Correct. He takes Luigi. Uh, and oh my God, that Amiibo did not get scanned until January. What were they doing? <laughs> when was it made? Uh, yeah, it was in October. Jesus, it took him four months to scan the Amiibo? I think the person who took it uh, did not have a device capable of scanning the Amiibo. I think I remember that. But then you have to find someone that does. I mean, yeah, that's when you say, hey, send it back to me when you're done, please. But here we go. Like, you just got to send it <laughs> off and solve the game. Yeah. So this is the for the good so- of the future, Marn. You have to put yourself aside. I know. Uh, so, yeah, so the ARG stalled for a couple months after that because the one person who had a clue was not, couldn't get to it. Uh, and then... If you're listening, I don't want to, I'm not ragging on you too hard, person that kept the amiibo, but man, that would be rough. Yeah. And then Polygon, Justin McElroy... Uh, posts an article about Frog Fraction 2 in December of that year, which uh, links the unfiction thread that sadly no longer exists. Okay. And has everything up until then, including the Luigi Amiibo, which which says, if there are hidden secrets in said Amiibo, they have not yet been discovered. <laughs> Feels like just kind of calling out a little bit. I know. Uh, and in the comments, Justin Bortnick, not Justin McElroy, uh, makes this really long, weird comment that says, uh, from his, like, I guess his, like, Polygon account, uh, that says, Tired of staying at home all winter? Looking for an exciting holiday retreat? Why not take a trip to scenic Bug Mars? Experience the thrill of customs and immigration. Dine on the <laughs> finest freshly baked bread. Be titillated by the planet's number one cultural export. When you travel with Bug Bros Travel Agency, the Red Planet is just a hop, hop, and a hop away. For booking information, contact us 24 hours a day. Our travel specialists are ready to take you on the trip of a lifetime. Dial, <laughs> and then there's a phone number. Today. Okay. Uh, and the one reply to that comment just says, I'm not in on the ARG, but this looks like a clue. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's similar. I found that um, this is a little off topic. Do you know that game uh, T-Fury that you can find in the, uh, the, what is it? The party pack thing? Oh, uh, TKO. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, TKO. Yeah. Um, I found that the 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 
clue that gets the most votes is just to say, is this a clue in the ARG? Uh, it goes with any picture. It works better with some pictures than others, but yeah, I'm not in oh, on the ARG, so but this looks like a clue. That's very funny. It's so good. My go-to caption for TKO that I write in every time and every single time if someone chooses it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> that's great (laughs) so they (laughs) so they dial the number uh and it's they get a voicemail message for resistance agent lieutenant samuel uh and people who actually leave messages get their numbers called back and left them a code word for their trip. Uh, it said the code word is caravanserai. Okay. Which, um, so it turned out. Oh, they were they were very like specific about the spelling, so people were like, okay, we clearly need this word for something. Uh, and so it turned out that more credentials for the time travel website were Samuel and Caravanserai. I think this is around the time that I started kind of lurking on the Discord. I may it may have been cuz I saw the Polygon article and was interested. Uh that I know there sense. was a th- I know there was a thread on Unforum uh but not a lot of people there were super involved in like the Discord and everything. Um, gotcha. they were kind of like a separate ARG community trying to solve it on their own. Gotcha. Well, thanks for the help, Justin. Reach out to us anytime. We'll have you on as a guest. Um, so this is the requisitions page. Yes. We've, we can get a lot more. We can get hops, uh, Marley malt, yeast, water, F rations, anti-sparkle lotion, and bread. We can also get acid, base we can get bass fish we can get base dropped we can get sparkles parentheses contained comma pressurized uh we can get a membrane we can get an m brain an f brain a g dad and a sunny d and then we have an operative operative site Constantly updated list of undeployed operatives available for scientific engagement. We've got uh, RECR Brett. I don't know what that is. Uh, firing range. We've got Private Lambert in debriefing. Sergeant William on perimeter. Uh, SGM Jordan at the firing range. And SGM Vasquez at, uh, at the barracks. Okay. So we got more people. And scientific projects oh these are weird what are these marn they're just they're they're projects you know they're projects quantum entanglement disentanglement we've got audio quality improvements we could use that one we've got sparkle sign function inversion and the wing membrane dissection fabrication and there's anti-gravity thrusters experimental hydroelectro electrolysis and subdermatol subdermatoglyphic radiation 
didn't know there'd be vocabulary words. Uh, Axis defeating local pancake. Synthesis of beer from sparkles. Does this spell anything? A-G-T-E-H-S-R-A-D-L-P and nothing I know. And then there's a link for more. And this goes back to... Okay, it goes to the log, the main page, but now it's a link that says timetravel.club slash a wibble wobble wibble wobble to and fro, but uh, wibble wobble wibble wobble to and fro, but the one little duck with the feather on his back, he led the others with a quack quack quack. Yep. Okay. Uh, so so hold on to that. Hold on to that. All right, for later. I'm gonna copy that. <laughs> uh, so after that. Nothing happens for a little while. Um, some of the operatives on the operatives list shuffle around. Okay. Um, but nothing nothing really happens. Uh, the game detective's timeline says, user Quaxo's appendix is removed. Hashtag FF2 causes appendicitis. <laughs> uh, the only other notable thing that happens in these couple weeks is... Uh, someone tweets a image of like a a borgified, so like a like a cyborg horse, at Justin Bortnick. Uh, and no one knows what it means yet. It's probably taken by the sparkles. And then they finally get into the Luigi amiibo. <laughs> All right, what's in it? I gotta know. So in the Luigi amiibo. It is scanned into a Wii U. The owner of the amiibo is Pastebin, and the name of the amiibo is the rest of the Pastebin URL. Okay. Uh, and it's just basically the header of a email address of uh, Gustav Klimt69 at yandex.com, sending a email to himself. Uh, and they know that Gustav Klimt is is relevant because one of the uh, Red Pages podcast episodes have has had like a corrupted uh, version of the painting "Woman in Gold" uh, hidden in the oh, data. Okay. And so people go to like this email client. Uh, and they get into the email address uh, because the reset question is like, what was your mother's maiden name? And they use like the maiden name of actual real life Gustav Klimt's mom. Uh, and they got into the email inbox. I should I should note that generally hacking into email addresses like this is like regarded as not a cool move in ARGs. <laughs> but uh, but they like clearly we're supposed to do this so it's fine oh and at, at the same time the artist for frog fractions uh tweets a image of like a cyborg uh bird that is later that people later figure out is a, is like um is a rook like the bird okay so something's turning people into robots or something like that yeah and and and, and they also have a knight and a rook so people work out that it's something to do with okay. chess. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Knight and Rook. Yep. And then they, uh, so they get into the Gustav, the Gustav email. Uh, they get an email from uh, Lieutenant Samuel Resist at gmail.com, uh, which says, Hey, buddy, you should be getting notification of a delivery of goods pretty soon. Central hopes to have it out within a week. Let me know if anything goes wrong. 
Stay frosty, Samuel. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that it's like heavily implied that Samuel is Mark Twain. I could be wrong about that. Someone feel free to totally tweet at us and correct me if I'm wrong. But I remember it being super heavily implied that it's Mark Twain. Yes, Samuel Clement, right? Is that his name? Yeah, and because he's mentioned on like the brewery page. Okay. It would make sense if he's a time traveler. Yeah. So hold on. This is a theme that's developing. We've got Mark Twain. We've got Voltaire. What other... Gustav... You have Gustav Klimt. We've got Gustav Klimt. What other historical figures are actually immortal beings and or time travelers? Like a lot, apparently. Apparently all of them. I think that... I I think that Frog Fractions 2 actually exists in the same universe as This Is My Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so... And so... And so the email gets another... uh, the email the email account that they've quote unquote hacked into uh gets another email from Samuel pretty soon after that says uh hey chum here's your requisition order information hope you can be- put this to better use than the folks in the lab have been some weird stuff going on but anything's worth it for the cause we'll send you an update when the order ships out uh and the uh, the information is uh, arriving Wednesday, January 20th, okay. uh, ship to Amazon Locker, Cerrito, El Cerrito Plaza. Uh, and then they get another email that says, uh, you should have the locker code soon. Wait for the code. You have a three-day window to pick this uh, this item up. Okay. And I wouldn't have thought to use an Amazon locker. That's cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Uh, I remember this being a huge clusterfuck because everyone was trying to figure out who was actually close enough to grab this box in like the three day period that was allotted. (laughs) Uh, Does are there employees at an Amazon drop locker? Uh, I guess. I know that like at UPS ones they'll have that, but Amazon gets up to weird stuff without people. So I'm just curious, but. I can't imagine being the person that's yeah. there when, like, eight people come up and say, hey, I need locker 12. <laughs> uh, and then I think the uh, the player who was supposed to go pick it up uh, got a code uh, to open the locker. Okay. Um, and they got it, and it was a Amazon package uh, addressed to Jim Crawford, uh, and it contained a pound of uh, crystal healing quartzes. <laughs> it feels like it wouldn't be very effective at fighting against sparkles. Yeah, you would think so. Um, and the next thing that happened was on January 24th. Uh, how much do you know about the iSigil ARG? nothing okay cool uh basically what happened was i'm gonna run this down as fast as possible uh someone uh was looking in the root directory of crypt of the necrodancer and they found a weird okay they were like huh that's weird Oh, uh, is this someone is this that steam thing where they found a bunch of images in a bunch of different games yeah. Okay. Yep. I I know that that happened. I don't really know much about it or what it was for. Was it for frog fractions? It was. Holy shit. Uh but but no one knew that it was for a really long time. Uh they just knew that they were uh 
finding all of these sigils and like all these different games there was one in uh mini metro which is like a city planning game there was one in kingdom of loathing um and it eventually became clear that all of these sigils were a fragment okay um and they were and so they were trying to figure out uh like well how what is the like connecting factor between all of these games like how how do all of they know each other? They're all indie developers. They all follow each other on Twitter. They all know each other. Uh, and some people asked around and they all found out that none of these developers actually knew where the ARG was going. They <laughs> all basically, everyone they asked basically said like, oh, like a third party uh approached us like with a sigil and like uh a map piece because like this the sigils all had like pieces of this map hidden inside okay. of them um and they said oh this this person who we can't name approached us and asked us to hide this thing in our game uh they said that the arg isn't anything that we would be upset about supporting uh and a couple of the developers i think said that they sort of knew what it was but that they couldn't say anything yeah i mean if there's a a high profile steam game based arg happening and someone says hey can you put this in your released game on steam i don't think it takes a lot of processing power to put two and two together yeah um there was something went on like waypoint wrote an article about like the arg and someone called like the sigil master (laughs) contacted like austin walker and like some other waypoint reporters and like and like uh sent them a bunch of like cryptic emails you didn't didn't tell me Um, that this was going to be an arg involving all of my favorite podcasters it's justin mcelroy it's austin walker it's like i'm i'm very into this yeah, when 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 is Merlin Man going to show up? <laughs> the Game Detective's timeline actually says that on the first day that this was discovered, people were like, "Is this frog fractions?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of them I think emailed Jim Crawford and was like, "Is this frog fractions?" Uh, and he sort of uh kind of gave them a really vague reply. He never actually said no. Uh, but most of the people working on Frog Fractions uh, kind of interpreted it as like, oh, it's something different. Justin tweeted out that he wanted to give away the Mario Amiibo. Justin. Justin Bortnick. Okay. Uh, said that he wanted to give the Mario Amiibo to a loving home. And he said that part of the qualifications of being a good home are knowing the places and times that he can be obtained. And uh, in the train hot dog episode that came out around that time, the thumbnail image was a logo for the Museum of Jurassic Technology. The Museum of Jurassic what? The Museum of Jurassic Technology. Okay, that's Jurassic Park, right? It's a real museum. I'm just bullshitting. (laughs) Sorry, I had to... I I had to look and make sure that it was not part of the ARG. No, it's a real museum. (laughs) Okay. It's an educational institution 
dedicated to the advancement of knowledge and the public appreciation of the lower Jurassic, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> The, the relevance of the term Lower Jurassic to the museum's collections being left uncertain and unexplained. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia says, The museum contains an unusual collection of exhibits and objects with varying and uncertain degrees of authenticity. <laughs> New York Times critic Edward Rothstein described it as a museum about museums, where the persistent question is, what kind of place is this? <laughs> This sounds perfect for frog practice. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I hadn't actually looked into this place. It sounds dope, though. <laughs> uh, it has a collection of micro-miniature uh, sculptures, each carved from a single human hair. Jesus. There's an oil portrait gallery of the dogs of the Soviet space program. Holy shit. I do, like, on their... Uh... On their, their homepage, um, they have a couple links, and then they have introduction and background, and then they have a tiny blurb that ends with dot, 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 and then a link that says continue introduction on a separate page. <laughs> Lives of perfect creatures. Oh, this is the thing about the dogs. Okay. Floral radiographs of Albert G. Richards. The world is bound in secret knots the fuck sub subterranean waters and fires marn we need to go to this i know we do the okay so the uh train hot dog for that week has the thumbnail for the museum of jurassic technology okay uh and justin streams on twitch um I think like a week later or so. Uh in this is we're now into February. Okay. Uh and he has the Mario amiibo in his uh stream and he says that he's still looking uh to give it away. The next, I think the next uh Red Pages podcast uh episode has a Link hidden in the metadata and in ROT13 that okay. takes you to uh, an image of a calendar, uh, and it has marked February 18th at 2 p.m., and it has a little note from number six that says, don't be late. Do we have a time yet? Yeah, uh, the the calendar that they have from number six has uh, a little clock that has 2 p.m., marked on okay it. the uh the gustav email uh receives a email that is a photo of google maps i think uh and it is it has an arrow uh leading from the entrance of the museum to a little nearby park um and the uh and the the image of the park has a little like uh like a a king symbol from chess okay uh, on it um and at this point people have kind of slowly uh figured out that uh there are chess references going on they had the uh the cyborg rook uh the cyborg horse and then uh in 
one of the recent Red Page podcasts, uh, they started it off by saying, we move our pawn to G5. Uh, and someone... Okay. Oh, this this was a this was when I was in the when I was in the Discord because I remember this. Okay. Uh, someone looked up a bunch of like chess strategies and they found that there was one called the Borg Gambit, and the opening is moving your pawn to g five. Okay. Uh, and See. so the the ARG crew rolls up to this uh this park. Uh, and Justin and the Frog Fractions artist are there, and they have a chessboard uh, with the pawn moved to G5, and the Mario amiibo is the Black King okay. on the chessboard. Uh, and someone asks if they can just take the amiibo, and they say, no, you have to beat us in chess first. Holy shit. According to accounts of the event... Um, Justin intentionally made mistakes so that the ARG people could win the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got stuff to do. I don't want to be all. I don't want to be there all day playing a bunch of nerds and chess and being like, "Oh man, these guys are really good at decoding secret puzzles and finding metadata for podcasts and running things through spectrographs so that they can get secret codes that they'll decode." But they do not know a thing about chess. Like, it seems like a real rough thing to gamble your ARG on. <laughs> I know. Um, so, oh, and then um, and then the time cops came and they took Justin and Rachel, who's the <laughs> artist. Uh, they arrested them. And the ARG people who were there were like, should we help you guys? Is this, like, part of the game? And they were like, no, just go home. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, um, did you ever see Game Night? Yes. Where the guy's like, it's a murder mystery party, yeah. but then he like actually gets kidnapped. Like, uh, I can only movie. imagine that's going to happen at some ARG where it's like, no, no, these are the actual cops hauling the game master away. The game's going <laughs> to never finish because the guy goes to prison for time crimes. God, I was, uh, when I, the first time I saw a trailer for that, like, escape room horror movie uh, my girlfriend mm-hmm. Alyssa and I were joking that it would be so much better if the movie was like, a no- it was just about like a bunch of people playing a normal escape room, but like an employee comes in and shoots one of them like every five minutes. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Me too. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> if you die in the ARG, you die in real life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like right. the so like the Luigi uh amiibo, the Mario one has the name uh Imager and then uh no it's owned by imager and the name is the name of an imager album uh which leads to some cool uh resistance posters that i have linked cyborgs are the soldiers of tomorrow stay safe sparkles kill stay alert for enemies in the trees okay cool 
Yeah. And so the next day, uh, Rachel, the artist, uh, posts the images to her Tumblr. And uh, when they download, when the ARG crew downloads the images, uh, they find uh, some words in the notepad files. Uh, Cyborg dirt, distressed sparkles, and old tree. And uh, D, S, and T are all capitalized. Uh, Okay. So what do they do with those? Uh, nothing quite yet, but they do okay. have the letters DST. DST. Daylight yep. Savings Time. Yeah. And so we begin the post-posters era. Not much actually happens during this era. Um, they acquire some new logins for the, uh, the, um time travel uh website uh mostly they try to figure out what's going on with the uh with the posters and like the the box of quartz that someone got in the mail just a Uh, box of quartz yeah they get some new longings they get uh vasquez clemens uh Oh, a cool thing that happens since we were talking about the, um, since we were talking about kind of the, the fourth wall in ARGs is, um, the game detectives are notorious, uh, for keeping like mind maps while they're working on an ARG. So it's like, uh, like this document that anyone can go in and edit and it just basically shows all the connections between like the puzzles of the characters and okay. some like an anonymous user during this time period uh, goes in and vandalizes their mind map and adds a login for the time travel webpage. Huh. How did they take that? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't remember this, but I remember people were mostly kind of jazzed to get a new login. <laughs> I'm going to figure if it pays off, you might as well be happy about it. Yeah. Uh, so they, they get, um, they get some, they get the new logins. They get, uh, access to a couple of the new uh, a couple of the pages on the website, uh, but nothing, nothing super happens. I think they get into the party lounge. Uh, I don't think that there's anything there. <laughs> oh yeah, they they get into um, they get into number six's login finally, uh, and they get into the party lounge, uh, but it's just like. You're in danger. And that's pretty much it. That's a shame uh, for a place that was like super locked. But it has like a gif of a mariachi band and it plays mariachi music. <laughs> um, another pretty good thing that happens uh, in this time period is they get access to some of the uh, to some of the other officers uh uh, logins and um, 
one of their uh their operations is uh bring number three a sandwich special operation (laughs) so do we know who is what numbers yet i don't think so um yeah i think at some point it becomes more clear but right now no okay um but yeah uh so they get into number sixes they find the party lounge um the 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 frog fractions uh facebook page posts some like cheeky stuff of like is is legend of zelda frog fractions too (laughs) um and then we enter the age of decay and that's where we're going to pick up next time. All right. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. I, do we want to wrap up with uh, recommendations? We didn't get, I don't think we got any listener questions this week, but we did get a lot of like ARG recommendations that we covered at the top of the episode. Yeah, just to repeat those, uh, the ones that we were sent were Ghost River. That's the uh, one that's currently ongoing. Uh, and then yep. Lexi, Lexai, Lexai. Uh, I think those are both ongoing right now. Uh, we'll put some links into the show notes once we confirm with the communities that they're cool with that. Um, yeah, so I think we'll hold off until next time to really rate the story. But what do you think about it so far? Uh, I really, I really like this ARG. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's. I I kind of was saying this as you were going through stuff earlier, but like at this point we have like four different websites that have different logins. We have a Kickstarter page. We have uh, at least one Twitter account. We have two fake podcasts in quotation marks. We have um, a Twitch stream. We have Mario uh, Mario Maker levels, which is incredible. Um, this is, and we have a bunch of other games like crypt of the necker dancers part of this like this is this is extensive um uh one thing that i do want to touch on uh that i know happened around uh this time of the arg because i actually found one of my posts in the discord about it oh no <laughs> is that um how much do you know about the bigger Luke theory in like the Star Wars theory? Bigger I actually, Luke. <laughs> I actually know uh, not a lot about this, but I'm very intrigued by it. This okay. is the theory that there are two different Luke Skywalkers in the original Star Wars trilogy, uh, and that you can tell which one is in each scene because of how tall Luke Skywalker looks compared to other things around him, right? Like yes. there are some shots where he's like eye level with Harrison Ford, and then there are others where he's yeah. like a head shorter than him, right? That's the basic. Yeah, gist. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's basically what it so is. So people think that there are two Luke Skywalkers. There's Luke yeah. Skywalker, and then there's bigger Luke Skywalker. Yeah. What does this have to do with frog fractions, Mark? So. <laughs> what? Uh. So. So basically. 
I think on one of the train hot dog podcasts, uh, Jim Crawford kind of like offhandedly mentioned the bigger Luke theory and people seized on it as a clue. Uh, <laughs> they they found biggerluke.wiki.com, which is the bigger Luke wiki. <laughs> and they were like, and all of us, I admittedly was one of the people who bought into it, were like, Jim Crawford made this, and this is a clue. Because it was made, like, the month that he mentioned it on the podcast. So people okay. were like, oh, this can't not be a thing. Like, this was made, like, right when he name-dropped it on the podcast. And then I think... He was, like, liking people's tweets about, like, the bigger Luke theory. Like, the thing that I found was I said in the Discord, like, I made a tweet that was, like, can't believe the bigger Luke wiki is part of Frog Fractions 2. And Jim Crawford, like, liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I do want to say, I, um, when I just talked about it, I said that Luke was, like, a whole head shorter than Harrison Ford. That's not the case. We're talking like an in here. Uh, it is generally agreed that bigger Luke is approximately two to three centimeters slash approximately an inch taller than regular Luke. How into Star Wars do you have to be to think, huh? He only comes up to Han's cheekbone in that scene, not his eyebrow. Something's up. God. Um... But yeah, so I think around the time, I think what actually happened was around the time there were a bunch of recent articles of like people being like, so I think what actually happened was around the time uh, that this wiki was created, there were a bunch of like articles of just like journalists found out about this like fan theory and they were like, haha, that's pretty fucked up that people think that. Uh, and Jim Crawford was also like, haha, that's pretty fucked up. Uh, and all of us found this wiki and we're like, this is in game. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there's like months worth of content about, of like everyone on the discord being like, we have to find the bigger Luke connection. What the fuck is on the bigger Luke wiki? That's a clue. <laughs> I, re- I very clearly remember, like, scouring this wiki trying to figure out what what was the clue. <laughs> uh, in the This Book is Full of Spiders ARG, there was a character who was, like, unhinged and eventually turned people into hamburgers. Yeah. Basically. But if I remember correctly, we put that name into Facebook and found a real person with that name. Oh no! Who posted very odd, very cryptic things? Oh no! Like it's just a weird guy on Facebook who happened to have the same weird name that the uh, the game master gave this person. And I there was a little bit of time where we were like, "Is this person in game? Is this a character?" Uh, it turns out it wasn't, but it's amazing what you latch onto for an ARG. Yeah, so I realized while I was uh, reading the timeline that we never got confirmation if the Bigger Luke wiki was in-game or not. 
And I think the the speculation always kind of erred on the side of like, oh, this is in-game, but we never solved it because it was created like the same week or like within a two-week period of it being mentioned on Jim's podcast. And it only has like five pages. <laughs> huh. So I emailed Jim Crawford today. <laughs> <laughs> Did he respond? He did. What did uh, he so, say? So part of my email has to do with stuff that I'll talk about last uh, next time. Uh, and part of my email was just... Uh, I So I followed up with one of the Discord mods originally, but uh, they were like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember if we ever solved that or if that was like confirmed to be in game <laughs> or out of game. So I was like, all right, I'll take it to the top. Uh, I said, uh, back when the ARG was running, I remember there was some serious speculation about the bigger Luke wiki being a part of it. I don't know if that ever got confirmed. So was that you? Uh, and he replied like very quickly. It was very, and sent me a very nice email. Uh, and the last line of his email just says, as for Bigger Luke, I was only a spectator of that delightful trash fire. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Bigger Luke confirmed for not Frog Fractions 2. That's that's the scoop. That's We got the scoops here on the Argonauts podcast. Um, but yeah, um, I, I really I really like the story of Frog Fractions 2. I'm kind of... A sucker for anything that has to do with like you're a cool time agent helping with time agency <laughs> see I, I i'm discovering that i'm very into um hey you know this historical figure they're actually uh much uh deeper than you think i'm very into anything where you go hold on voltaire is in this hold on <laughs> mark twain is in this uh, hold on, a slightly smaller version of Luke Skywalker's in this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very into that. Uh, how? What do? What do we think about replayability so far? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm basically playing along as you're talking That's through this. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and everything still seems to be up. Um, we're having issues with those logins but i feel like that's more on chrome and myself than yeah. it is on the game itself because you're able to access the site uh this all feels really replayable um if you had people you could probably do it i think yeah. that you run into an issue where um i mean luckily you don't have to wait a year is the the good side of this but um everything is out there um that's kind of a problem with args nowadays which is uh, like, it'd be really hard to find that specific tweet from the Ashby Brewery about IndieCade. Um, and with live events like that, there's no way to really connect to another thing. But if you go in with a wiki by your side, these puzzles are still doable. And they're all pretty... Um, they're actually games, and they're actually clues and puzzles. Uh, I know that one of the biggest hits we gave against the this is not Milwaukee ARG was that a lot of the, the, the puzzles that we saw didn't really feel like a puzzle. A lot of these are, um, I didn't know. I don't remember what you said that that code type was, but I didn't realize that was a programming language. But if I was with a group of people that was doing this and 
honestly one of, had had one of the devs on our dev team at work with me, he probably would have recognized it, and we probably would have been able to get to the next step. This all feels like it's still playable. I think part of that that helps is that it's, you know, from the solution date, we're only, what, two years out, something like that? Yeah, I, I think kind of a difference is that it was very much designed uh, with an online audience in mind. Yeah. Um, Of like, oh, people are going to be like keeping tabs on this or like trying to catch up and someone's going to be logging all of this for posterity maybe. Because um, like even, even the items, uh, even like the important dead drop items lead to things that are just online that you can access. Right. Um, yeah, as long as you have a way to, you get into a problem where you get a puzzle that leads you to knowing when a drop date, a, a, a dead drop happens, but that dead drop was, you know, three years ago, so it doesn't really help you much. But the fact that that's it's all still there and you can kind of say, I don't know, it's like when you use a, 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 a walkthrough for a game where you're like, well, I can finish this level and I can probably finish the next level, but I'm having trouble with this one puzzle. Yeah, you know, being able to skip ahead works for ARGs. You know, whether this is still true in in ten years from now, that's a thing. But the documentation will still probably be there. Yeah, and um, again, the Game Detectives Wiki people are the true MVPs because they're super good at documenting their stuff. Yeah. So thank you, Game Detectives. I I will say with the replayability, I'm. Curious to see how this holds up compared to the game itself. Um, that's the thing that I'm very interested in is, is Frog Fractions 2 as big and weird as Frog Fractions 1? And is it as big and weird as this game suggests it should be? Um, and this is a question that I genuinely don't know the answer to and could probably go look it up. I could probably download Frog Fractions 2 tonight and play it if I wanted to. I'm going to hold off on doing that. You could. Um, yeah. But I do think that it's, I don't know, was the real Frog Fractions 2 the friends we made along the way? Like, I, I feel <laughs> I like... I mean, that was, a, that was legitimately a meme in the community. Was it really? Like, yeah. I, I, I just, I feel like, how do you follow up Frog Fractions? Well, you have an ARG about finding Frog Fractions 2. Like, at this point, Frog Fractions 2, the video game, almost feels immaterial. No, yeah, that's that's legitimately kind of like a goof in the community is like every time someone would send a Steam game to Jim and be like, is this Frog Fractions? And he was like, no, because um, that was all going on while this was happening. People were looking at games on Steam, just kind of browsing them, seeing when they were released, what studios, if the people who ran the studios were like friends with Jim, if there was like anything in the title or like synopsis that was connected to the ARG and they would send them to him and say is this frog fractions too and he would say no uh and then everyone kind of would be like well maybe the fr the real frog fractions too is the friends we made along the way and it got to become such a thing that um i think if you play if you actually play Frog Fractions 2, at the end in the credits, it's it calls itself Frog Fractions 3, which is kind of them <laughs> acknowledging that the real Frog Fractions 2 was the ARG. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah. that feels right. I agree. All um, right, so do you have any um, recommendations to shout out to people? 
I do. Uh, I wanted my recommendation for this week to be another uh, thing in the in the general genre of uh, like mystery video games, I guess. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, I am recommending to everyone, perhaps ill-advisedly, uh, to check out uh, Umineko When They Cry. Uh, it is a game. Uh, I think you can get it on Steam now. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I know there's a, there's a new English translation that got kickstarted and is going to come out eventually. Uh, there is a manga and an anime. The anime is not very good. I'm currently rereading the manga, which is why I'm recommending it. Uh, I have a friend who is really into it. I read the manga in high school. It's pretty good. Uh, the, the premise is extremely hard to explain, uh, but it is basically a murder mystery. Uh, it's about, uh, this family gets together on an island for, like, a family reunion, uh, and everyone in the family, they all get trapped on the island and these, like, strange murders happen. Uh, eventually everyone on the island ends up dead, um, and it revives this witch, uh, who is kind of, like, the main antagonist slash, like, anti-hero, uh, and the, uh, the only son of the, the family who, like, refuses to believe in witches gets sent to this, like, parallel meta-dimension where it becomes, like, a logic- battle like four-dimensional chess and also phoenix wright ace attorney where it's like him versus the witch and he tries to explain how all of the murders uh have logically been done by a real human being and she's like no it was magic and they kind of (laughs) And they kind of like there's it's a bunch of different arcs and every arc they like loop it again and uh the witch Beatrice uh kind of changes the murders so that they can only have been done by magic and uh and the guy is like, No, but you see, this is how they really happened and it was a human being, even though <laughs> it's a locked room mystery and there were no other human beings around. <laughs> That and sounds cool. there's like there's more like bullshit that happens there are a bunch of other witches and like there's like the personification of like the rules of murder mysteries and they're like anime bunny girls uh okay. but that's the basic premise <laughs> okay cool and and it's kind of just a, uh the whole plot is around like what really happened on this island and like was it was it like real magic like is this a magical realism story or is this a real life murder that happened neat yeah okay i will have to check that out umineko when it's... they cry yeah it's it's good um the guy who made it also made uh higurashi when they cry which is another like game series anime in in kind of the same vein, uh, and he is working on a third when they cry series, 
that uh, just got a trailer released, and from what everybody could see, it's apparently about, like, a witch battle royale. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds cool. So the game is really long, which is why I'm recommending people read the manga. I think someone did the math, and, like, in the time it takes you to, like, read all of the text that's in the game, you could, like, watch every Harry Potter movie twice or something bonkers like that. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. What's your recommendation for this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so bouncing off of... Uh, so my initial idea for a recommendation, uh, I wanted something that I saw around the same time as, um, as I saw this. And so the first thing that popped that I saw the original frog fractions. And so the first thing that popped into my mind was what we mentioned up at the top. Um, you don't know the half of it. Fins of our father. Um, it'll take you five minutes to finish it. It's a very dumb, quick little game that introduced me to one of my favorite songs, which is just a. I think it's a remix of a Kanye song. I don't think Kanye took it and turned it into his song. I'm pretty sure it was remixed from Kanye. But, um, I don't know. It's a very fun, stupid, quick game uh, that is very inventive and fun to look at. Um, And then bouncing off of your manga suggestion, I'm going to land on one that I've been rereading lately. Um... So, A, I've been rereading Bleach, uh, yeah. and it's okay. Um, it is goth One Piece is kind of where I'm landing on it. Uh, not a huge fan of it. Um, but then the one that I would recommend is a an old comic called Billy Bat. Have you heard of it? No. Okay, so it is a very odd series. Um, it is... Uh, written by Naoki Urasawa and Takashi Nagasaki, uh, and illustrated by Urasawa. Um, I'm going to read you the quick and dirty um, Wikipedia summary because it. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about it because the way that it starts, um, that it evolves, is what makes it really cool. Um, but the basic description is the story begins in 1949 and follows Japanese American comic book artist Kevin Yamagata as he draws the popular detective series Billy Bat. When he learns he may have unconsciously copied the character from an image he saw while serving in occupied Japan, he returns to Japan to get permission to use Billy Bat from its original creator. Upon arriving there, however, he becomes embroiled in a web of murder, cover-ups, and prophecy that all leads back to Billy Bat. That sounds wild. It is a series that's really neat. It opens up on, like, it, it opens up pretending to be an American comic series about Billy Bat in the same way that you would have, like, a Mickey Mouse uh, comic series. But then it kind of pulls back that curtain to be about Kevin Yamagata. Um, and the story just evolves and gets a little deeper and one more you know, you get a layer that gets pulled back and it goes a little deeper. Then it gets pulled back and goes a little deeper. And it's a very cool series. I've just started rereading it. Um, I read it years ago. I um, I know that I didn't get super far into it when I first started reading it. it I just fell off of it and honestly was uh, more into other stuff. But nowadays on the reread, this series is really good. And I would recommend checking it out, um, at least in the very beginning. I am totally going to read that. That sounds really good. 
It's cool. I will, uh, I'll see if I can't find it somewhere for you. Yeah. I think, I think that about wraps us up. Uh, we are at Argonauts Podcast on Twitter. If you would like to follow us and or tweet at us, uh, send us your questions. Uh, if you still have Frog Fractions 2 questions, I guess we will answer them the next time we record, since this is apparently going to be a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, uh, send those questions to us at uh, ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will yep. read those and try to respond to everyone that does. Um and we already have a couple we've taken a couple of suggestions of uh ARGs to cover from that um i got linked to a really neat scholarly article about ARGs that i need to set the uh set the time aside to actually read um but yeah uh feel free to reach out to us there um anything else before we head out marn you can Find us at ArgonautsPod.com, and we are now on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, some random podcast app that um, someone on Reddit requested that we be put on. Awesome. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this week. Uh, please join us next week, where we'll cover part two of Frog Fractions 2. Good night, everybody. Age of Decay. Ha, 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 ha.